0: TV, anime, video games, books, Star Trek,
1: Marvel, My Hero, Hook. It don't matter what you into, don't matter what you do. Here on Nerd Shit, we got something for you. Welcome back to Hypothetically Sound Presents Nerd Shit, where we talk nerd shit. And as you can see from the title, we're on to another episode of the walking dead we're on season one episode three the title of the episode is tell it to the frogs uh so how are you guys feeling so far three episodes back into the walking dead
0: i uh, reliving stuff
2: and wondering what you missed and trying to pick up other things that you may not have seen the first time
1: sure sure Alec? Yeah, yeah that, that's pretty much what i was gonna say actually <laughs> uh, yeah, it's interesting to see um, how the characters started off again mm-hmm. um, some are a little bit different than I remember some annoy me way more what
2: <laughs> Do don't know, know so. who that is,
1: no, yeah. it is int- like you forget because of the- how massive their personalities tra- change and rightly so in a post-apocalyptic world uh, you just forget how they were as regular people. Um so as always, we'll start with the a quick plot synopsis for the episode, and then we'll start talking about what we liked, what we didn't like, questions we have, things like that. Uh, in case you're new to the podcast. Uh, so this episode starts with Merle uh on the roof where he was handcuffed. Less left, left. This episode starts with Merle uh still on the rooftop of the department store where they left him handcuffed last episode uh he's yelling swearing vengeance against rick uh and then he's begging uh, for god's forgiveness uh when Walker start trying to force the way through the door uh and this opening scene ends with him saying he'll never beg god again while reaching for a hacksaw uh, and then when the episode comes back uh it's glenn leading glenn in his charger leading rick in the group back from atlanta Uh, where Rick is reunited with his wife, Lori, and son, Carl, and Shane. uh, As a group uh, is reunited, they discover a walker nearby, which they quickly dispatch. uh, Though there is fear that uh, this may be signs of trouble, uh, foreshadowing for the episode, um, or future episodes, they discover uh, Daryl coming back from a hunt, and he learns of Meryl's fate and becomes furious at Rick, and they had to hold him down. Feeling guilty for leaving Merle handcuffed as well as wanting to retrieve the bag of guns that he dropped in the first episode, Rick arranges a rescue group uh, with the dismay of Shane and others. Um, While Rick is gone, Lori tells Shane that their relationship they've had for the last couple of months or weeks or however long it's been must end. Shane gets uh, a little bitter and upset. Uh, Later in the episode, Shane sees Ed uh, beat his wife, Carol. Um, and then he takes things into his own hands and beats Ed to the point of almost death. Uh, and then they're going to kill him if he ever touches any woman again. Uh, and the episode ends with Rick, Darrow, and whoever else went with him. Uh, Glenn and T-Dog, uh, getting back to the rooftop only to find Merle gone. Uh, they find a hacksaw and Merle's hand still on the roof, and Daryl goes into a fit of rage and screams as the episode ends. That was a lot. Sorry about that.
2: I was going to say, that one was a lot covered in that, now that you said it out loud.
0: So, uh,
1: I guess we start with the opening scene uh, of Merle struggling to get the hacksaw while walkers are descending on him. Uh, what did you think of that opening scene?
2: I think it—it's actually—it it takes a lot from you know things that could happen now when you're stuck in a situation like that, and and if you're someone like Merle, where you have a lot of hate for a lot of people, mm-hmm. things are going where they're dire. Then all of a sudden, you know, you're switching in your life going you know, begging God to give you the way and all that. And it goes a little religious in them because you don't get an immediate response to the response you think you should. Then you're back to cursing, cursing it out, you know, cursing out everything and, and saying, fine, I've been doing it myself. And I think it's just interesting how they started it with him begging like that. And then he just switched back into who he really was. hmm uh,
0: oh, go ahead. Sorry. oh, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say. I think uh, it's an interesting um,
1: way to start it because I feel like uh, it could potentially, ha- <laughs> it could potentially have been like the end of the episode showing him uh, last the uh, last episode. Yeah, of the last episode. Sorry, showing him uh, struggling to get out. You know in the dire situation. Uh, But I think it's also, I suppose, like, it sounds weird, it's also a good um, tension grabber, right? Because it's like, oh, man, what does he do when they get back there? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. I was
2: going to say, I I think it also kind of sets the tone for the entire episode, though, for being there. Because you've got, you know, Laurie later going off about the lies that she, that, uh, Shane told her. Um, and I can't think of the character's name, uh, that was digging the holes. Jim, Jim. Yeah. Jim, you know, with how he progresses along where he gets, you know, is wakes up from a dream and then is digging so much that he gets sunstroke and forgets what he was digging for until the end of the episode. It's just kind of sets up for a lot of revelations for a lot of people.
1: Mhm. Now I think going back to the how they started the episode and how they ended the episode, uh I think if they wanted to do the Murals and like start like they did, I think it would have been much more powerful to go from seeing Murals struggle on the top of the roof to meeting Daryl for the first time. So if they went, went from that to the opening credits and then we come to a scene of an arrow hitting a deer. Like, we don't see who shoots the arrow. We just see an arrow shoot a deer, and then a walker start eating the deer. And then it goes to Rick and them, like, hearing the walker, and then you meet Daryl. I think that would have been a better opening, and they should have ended episode two with them getting back to camp and Rick meeting, seeing his family for the first time back at camp as the end of the episode, not the first scene after the credits i i found fi- i found that scene really just misplaced and it felt like an ending it felt like a conclusion to an episode not the preamble to an entire episode like it's such a big emotional stake and they literally they meet and i guess it can play into like how the world works they meet again and then like they instantly like find a Walker, and then he sleeps, and we wake up, and then he's gone again. I just feel like they could have re- had the ending last episode open with Morrow, opened with again with Daryl, and it would have set a better precedent for the episode. At least that's my.
0: I think that's fair. See that. I
1: actually agree. I think uh, it probably would have been a better scene or a better uh, thing to end on than start on. Hmm. And I think, it, like, I don't know if they knew what they were going to do. Like we said, it's a different writer after the first season. So maybe he had a different plan for what Daryl and uh, and everybody was going to do, and Murrow and them, and maybe they weren't going to be a huge plan of the m- going forward. But I feel it was like a lackluster intro to a character who is literally your main character for the entire show. Like, he is next to Carol. The only people that are in the show the entire time, all but one episode, all but two episodes, Daryl's in. Uh, at least that I know of. I'm pretty sure he's in almost every episode.
2: Uh, pretty good for a character that was never part of the comic book series.
1: Mm-hmm. And so it's just weird. like he sound he like I feel like Darrow and Merle were like characters they were just going to kill off, but they got popular, and. This it seemed like a just a not a good intro for Darrow. I think it could have been like hindsight obviously could have been better. Um so what did you guys think of uh I know I talked about it real quickly, but the scene where Shane uh, Glenn comes back with the horns bearing, the alarm blaring on, the car and then Rick meeting seeing his family for the first time. So I think that scene shows a lot of character, or at least starts of character development, and it pushes a lot of uh, personalities. You got Glenn being the young naive guy who we do later on see grow up, you know. But it really stresses in that scene that he's still kind of carefree and not really taking the apocalypse super seriously. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Um, then you have Dale, who's super super worrisome. Um, it's, I feel like that's the start of, uh, Shane's villain arc, you know, see yeah. his best friend alive. I won't, okay. I won't say fi- villain arc, but I think it's the start of the break that leads to said villain arc. Mm-hmm. Um, you see Lori be worrisome, uh, see how clueless Carl was to everything going on around him, things like that, you know? Yeah
2: yeah i agree it's it's just it, it, the, the shock from lori and then the look she gives shane when she's hugging rick mhm you know there's more to it at that point
1: well you see them like they they go off and have a little sex capade they they uh, do have a sex-capade pre- sex before they show up yeah. yeah before they show up so obviously they're uh Oh, you meant like he? She thought he was dead.
2: Yeah, that there was more to why she thought he was dead, okay. and that that Shane had something to do with it, just because of the way she was looking at him.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And they, it's not until they're she goes down to get Carl when they're you know when he's with Shane getting frog you know froggy yeah. that she actually tells him, and that's mm-hmm. when you know the audience knows oh it's because he told told her he was dead.
0: Yeah. Also, oh, not to, like, shame Shane or anything.
1: I, I, I don't blame him for thinking they were, uh, he was dead. hmm Like, I'm just saying. No, I don't. I, I definitely... Like, there's no reason to think he was surviving that. Even, like, you put a, a thing in front of the door, what, the military's going door to door. Like, you think he's dying. You, you think he's going to die, to at least the military's hand. Or he's just going to die because he's getting no medical care, and he's in a coma, and if people are in a coma without medical care, you assume they're going to die. So yeah, I don't blame him for that. Uh, Everything else I do blame him for. Uh, Like, don't get me wrong, like, I I get love is love, you can't control. At that point, who you love, like, you've been with her for now, and, like, she's with you, and then all of a sudden she's not. It sucks. Uh, But... A lot of the issues that come forward, even in this episode, is Shane's fault. Uh, yeah. he just, he, he, he sets a bad aura, like, uh, aura, obviously. Uh, but he, uh, I don't know, he just pushes negativity and it just seems to download sprite. Like, already, like, it has been like a, two days and he already is plotting the death of Rick again. Like, it, it just, it's weird, and, like, and, uh, Dell sees it for the first time. He sees the true, like, anger and hatred inside of Shane. Uh, the war, like, he starts worrying there about Shane. I will give them credit, though, the acting. Uh, just, just Lori and Shane. It's not even, not even anybody else in that opening scene where he sees the kids again. Like, Carl, obviously, is, like, a 10-year-old, wasn't a very good actor, Early on, uh, Rick, I think, grew and became a better actor as it went on. Uh, but Shane and Lori just their, their looks, the non-spoken uh, communication uh, was fantastic. It was a fantastic
0: act uh, but one thing I do want, want to
1: talk about real quick is the car. I, I mentioned it before, and, but this is the episode where like he drives up. In the charger, w- w- blaring. Why? Why? Why didn't they just drop the car off on a different side of the town, and they just all it. got into the box truck? There was because... zero reason for him, like zero reason for him to bring that car up there, other yeah. than or, him or for,
2: to... for Rick or one of those guys to say something like, "Hey, you can't. You know, you need to get out, or we need to figure something out." Yeah. But that was just, again, like Alex's point earlier, where he's just a naive little kid at that point. You know, he's a young man that's just never had a chance to experience life. You know, he was delivering pizzas. And, you know, he got a car, probably his dream car, and was just, like, racing off, and maybe they just couldn't catch him.
1: That's possibly true, yeah.
2: He was just having fun and not even thinking about that because he was in the moment
1: never gets brought up, but do do you think they blame him for the zombies coming?
2: No, and and the reason they want is because um, Dale made the comment that the sound was bouncing off and there would be no way to pinpoint exactly where it was coming from. And everyone's like,
0: well, true, but still. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so what do you think of, obviously, as the episode goes on, they do that, they go... Uh... They see Darrow for the first time and then decide to go back in to town. Uh, a hypothetical question, you're Rick in this scenario. Do you stay with your family that you just found again? Or do you go back in for the gun? Because he's clearly not going back in there for Murrow. It's just a side quest. Uh, the main quest is getting the guns. Do you go back
2: into town? He went back for the hat. <laughs>
1: You know what? I do believe he probably went back.
2: <laughs> the hat.
1: Uh, but no, no, no. We would we would chillax for a little bit, right? Because mm-hmm. as far as they know, there's not another
0: group of survivors or anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. There's definitely there was no rush other than getting Merle. Uh, so him going, I think that gave him his reason to go.
0: Go back to the mistake
1: he made. And I wonder how much in his mind, like, obviously, this, how much in the writer's mind as he's developing this character, does Rick think he's untouchable at this point? I don't think he does. I think I think Rick is still sane enough. I think, like, in all reality, like, all jokes aside, I think him going to try to save Meryl after meeting the people and seeing that his family was there, Mm -hmm. was like, oh, man, we kind of need to go get those guns because I need them now more than ever because of my family. Mm -hmm. And then, like, Meryl was part of this group, and he obviously doesn't know that they're bad. He just knows that they've been with Shane and his wife and kid, right? Mm -hmm. And he's probably, like, in the whole, like, protector mode. Like, I need to protect all these people because they're obviously good people for taking care of my family while I was away. Yep.
2: Yep, between that and the fact that he was a law, you know, law enforcement... And you're, you know, you're always wanting, at that point, you're out there to protect and serve. Yeah. And even though T-Dog said, well, I dropped the, I dropped the key, so this is on me to tell Daryl. Rick's like, well, I handcuffed him and left him. It's on me, not you. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, that and Daryl are, Daryl. That and Burrow is real racist, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) And so, like, I don't know if they were like, "Oh man, his brother's gonna be pissed." I was like, "Ah, oh, he gotta racist his brother too." Yeah, let me just say I fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it wouldn't have been good to have T because I feel, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah. No, one hundred percent.
2: Yeah, and they did say that. I thought, you know, it might come like better. It might sound better coming from a white man.
1: Yeah. No, one hundred percent. If we run over a dog on accident, like. Uh, extreme hypothetical, I'm not going to run over a dog. But if we <laughs> do, down here in the South, I'm not going to be the one that admits to it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just, it's just, I'm not taking that risk. Like, you're not saying everybody, every white person is racist. Everybody in the South is racist or anything like that. But when there is a smaller white woman, it's going to come
0: off better that way. That's how life works at the
2: so you're going to make me have to tell someone that you...
1: I feel like you would want to. <laughs> like, if we're just going to say shit, I feel like if we ever, that ever happened, that you would want to go talk to him for some reason. Like, you just like delivering bad news or something. <laughs> <laughs> Again, never going to happen, but, uh, yeah. yeah never say never. True. True. I have hit a deer one.
0: Rest in, rest in peace, Cadillac. i the not
2: you
0: gotta get a catch up to me. No, no, no let's not.
1: <laughs> I'm good. you my favorite car.
0: I've
2: never, uh, de- I've never destroyed
1: a car. Yeah, true. I uh, don't know. Grandpa's truck. Mm, true. <laughs> uh, so, only two things left that happened in this episode. I'll just get takes on them real quick. Uh, so, once Rick and them leave for uh, Atlanta. Uh, a scene takes place at the uh, little lake they're at where the women are washing clothes. Uh, and Ed comes and uh, ends up striking Carol. And Shane ends up beating him down. Takes his anger out on him, beats him down, bloody, uh, a huge bruised mess. My question is, and my issue with this whole scene, it's not that he beat her, beat him. It's the fact that everybody in the camp knew this was happening. And now, nothing. and yeah, and did nothing. And now, it happened. And now, Shane did something. And like Carol's reaction is the reaction of someone in a domestic uh, abuse situation. Uh, it just that's unfortunately how a lot of the situations play out. They see it as their fault. They still want to protect them, love the whole nine. Uh, and so, like Shane, her Carol's reaction makes sense to me. But the fact that no one's done anything up to this point is kinda of baffling to me. Like it wouldn't have been like literally any of the guys could have just punched him in the face one time after seeing it. Like, do it again, I beat you more. Like, obviously Shane went too far. So, so okay, so so my only argument to that is um Murrow probably beats the
0: shit out of his wife. Okay? Mm-hmm. They both wearing wife beaters.
1: Um, Daryl's kind of like in the beginning on that fence. Yeah, you know, so if his brother's doing it, he's not going to stop him, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So those are two two guys that I think could.
0: Um, Dale old as hell. True. Uh, Glenn
1: a kid, like nineteen, right, or something like that. He he young. Uh, I just feel like the only person who could is Shane. Like, could reliably is Shane, right? hmm But Shane didn't give a shit.
0: True. And thinking about that, just in general, Shane kind of just a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he was losing it from the moment Rick got back. He started, his attitude started changing.
1: Oh, 100%. He flipped the switch and went back to uh Rick's here. He has everything I want. I'm a jealous little kid. I'm gonna take your ketchup off your burger. That's weird. And then, <laughs> uh and then the final scene of episode three is them arriving on the rooftop to see a severed hand. Uh how did you feel about the closing scene of this episode? Okay, if you've never seen it before, that shit felt bad. That was like, oh my god, I can't believe he would do that, right? -hmm. Like does, and it leaves like a did he die kind of deal. Obviously, a cop out for writers, but uh, yeah. You the first time you see it, you're like, sheesh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, seeing it now, it's just, and I know the things. It's just kind of like, man. But still, it's it's still it still kind of has like that little bit of effect. Yeah.
2: Would you be able to cut off your hand? Hell no. Even if you knew that zombies were coming at
1: you. Yeah. I would find a way to to, to unalive myself, yeah. <laughs> See, I would is- I would rather do that. I don't like I'm sitting there in this chain locked. There's almost I don't think they're getting through the door. See, I agree too, but you gotta remember, these are a little they built a little different in this this scenario. True. in season one, they built not not right. Something Something's a little weird about him, you know what I'm saying?
2: Well, plus he didn't see that. He couldn't tell how it was chained. He just saw them trying to come through the door. He didn't know that T-Dog had
0: chained it and locked it. True. Sure.
1: So, I, I don't know. Obviously, if you want to live, you do that, but, like, you have to... You, you're you on a a very, very small timer to get that Clotted, so you don't bleed out
0: like a very short time, and then it
1: just becomes a question. Like you're already gonna struggle escaping a rooftop with two hands. Now you had to do it with one hand while bleeding out and being lightheaded. Yeah, and, and that's know. what I'm trying to say. Right? Is
0: like there is no no world where it seems good. Uh like you are just kind of boned no matter what
2: and at what point I mean there's points where the pain threshold you would pass out
1: yeah depending on the person yeah but there's also the bleeding and like I said it would just be a lot easier to hold place and have like a suicide idea versus you know not but it also bugs me because I feel like he was there for a minute, like a long minute, and he didn't see the, the hacksaw until they started almost busting through. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. I I feel like he could have, like, he could have figured something out. Off. He could have something. Like he could have weakened the pipe or the 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 chain on the uh, thing enough to break it instead of cutting off his hand. Because like, that's no. a lot of power to cut off your arm.:
2: Yeah, the only thing I see him, you know you see him kicking is the big, thick pipe. He's not kicking on that thin rod. and thats it be I would part of it. He's, he's he's
1: Not very intelligent. so like that could also be part of it is that's what he thought was his only option was to cut off his hand because he didn't see the pipe as a movie, a movable object.
0: Would it be funny though, like uh, if they're filming it and he kicks it and the pipe just breaks?
2: <laughs> Oops.
0: But yeah, that's uh
1: that's episode three.
2: I have one other observation. Mm-hmm. So you know, because with Laurie being with Shane, when you were saying that, when Rick and her are in the tent,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and he looks over at Carol. And she yeah. goes, don't don't worry, he won't wake up. If that's your wife, and she knows that he won't wake up if they're having sex, would she? And you never were in that position. Wouldn't she want to know how she knows that?
1: Mm-hmm. No, that's true. That is a specific knowledge to know. Like, how do you know what he'll wake up to and what he won't wake up to? Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't really want to know why my wife be knowing this. <laughs> I, I think a lot of it does come, like, he, he says, obviously, late like, like, we'll get to it later, but he says, like, he chose to ignore certain things. Yeah. And that's probably one of them that he chose to ignore. Or
2: uh, later thought about it and then ignored it when mm-hmm. things weren't starting to
1: add up. Oh, no, he probably, he probably noticed, thought about it right then and then and just decided to ignore it. Like, things happen. It's a different time. Things happen. Yeah, anything else? Anything else you guys want to bring up for episode three before we send it home? No. No. Well, thank you guys at home for listening. Thank you. Only, you. can find us on Hypothetically Sound, yeah. dot com, anywhere podcasts are found, uh, on YouTube, on TikTok, on Twitter, on Facebook, everywhere I post, we post daily, I post, we post, we all do the lollipop? Kid. I don't know. That's anyway, no. Uh, we all post uh, daily, so make sure to follow. And until next time, have a good day.
0: Deuces.
1: Hi. Yeah. Hey. Thank you for listening to Hypothetically Sound. We hope you enjoyed the episode. All episodes can be found at hypotheticallysound.podbean.com as well as on Apple, Spotify, and Pandora. For full on edited video versions of the podcast, please visit us at youtube.com slash hypothetically sound.